Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We're continuing this morning um, our series on I Am, uh, looking at the, the, the life of Jesus, uh, the, the words, the, the names that Jesus declared about himself in the book of John. And we wanted to continue this morning, but I said last weekend, and I'll say it again, I can't believe we are at this time of the year, I can't believe that we're a number. How many days away are we from Christmas? I wouldn't like to think it's probably three weeks. How many days? Anyone got a day? 14 days before Christmas. Can't believe that. And yet, you know, this time of the year is the most incredible time of the year that we need to stop, pause, and consider what Christmas is all about. You know, it's not about the presents, even though we love the presents. It's not about the tinsel and the food and all that sort of stuff. We love all that as well. But Christmas is all about celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. And understanding and coming to that uh, realization again that He is the resurrection and the life. No one comes to Him who will perish, but will have everlasting life and this Christmas we need to realize again and celebrate again and be encouraged about and pump ourselves up about the fact that Jesus is the hope of the world oh goodness gracious me Jesus is the hope of the world our world needs saving and Jesus Christ is the hope of the world without exception. And we shouldn't pull back on that. We shouldn't be worried about that. I heard some crazy stuff about a school in Victoria this week, not wanting to put the word Christmas anywhere because they didn't want to offend anyone. I reckon let's get busy offending people. Amen. Christmas is what it is. Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Christ. Christmas is about realising what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. Amen. And we shouldn't hold back or feel embarrassed or ashamed about that. Amen. You know, the truth is people encounter him and they can have so many opinions about Jesus until they encounter him. And last week we said that people can see Jesus as a good man, a teacher, a moral advisor, a prophet. And last week we looked at Jesus uh, um, and we saw that he, was the, he is the resurrection and the life. But Jesus gives us seven different pictures of who he is. And I want to just to touch on those. We've got four up there this morning. It says this, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He said, I'm the bread of life. If you eat of me, you will never hunger again. How astounding is that thought there? He said, I am the gate or I'm the door by which you enter. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And last week we focused on the words of Jesus when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And two things came to mind that I just wanted to highlight before we move on to today's topic. The first thought that came out of that, that Jesus is the resurrection is this. We serve a God who brings dead things back to life. You might be here today and feel like there are some things that have died within you, but we're going to see, as we saw last week, that we serve a God that brings what is dead and back to life. Amen. And you might be here today and you have some areas of your life that you feel are dying or a little bit dead. I want to encourage you to be committed to connecting with Jesus Christ because he is the resurrection and the life. The second thing that we learn about Jesus and being the resurrection is this. The resurrection is not an event but a person. And when he walks into the room, dead things come back to life. Dead things come back to life. And I want you to open your Bible this morning, or your phone this morning, or your iPad this morning, or your smartphone this morning, or whatever other thing it is that you might have this morning to the book of John, chapter 10. And we want to read four verses this morning, because we're reading today about Jesus being the good shepherd. Everyone say it, the good shepherd. 
We're going to learn a little bit about being sheep, Matt, and understanding a little bit about the qualities of Jesus being the shepherd. But it says this here in John chapter 10, verse 7. It says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pleasure. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and life abundantly. Who's that talking about there? Come on, who's it talking about? It's talking about us. It's talking about those that, have, uh, those that are committed to following Christ. It's talking about those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. What does it say that Jesus' intention for our lives is? Is that he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't you love that promise there? I certainly do. I think it's something we need to pursue. But then it goes on in verse 11 and says this. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for the words that you've spoken here today, helping us to understand that we have a shepherd. His name is Jesus. Today, Lord, as we delve into this uh, thought that you are the good shepherd, help us to realize again today that you want to lead us, you want to guide us, you want to protect us, you want to correct us, Lord. And so this morning, we just thank you for our time in your word. And everybody said, Amen. You know, what incredible news. He's not only our shepherd, but he's also given up his life for us. And that's the good news of the gospel. Jesus died to pay for our sin. Not only is he our saviour, but he's also our shepherd. And you know, it's interesting when we look at this text and verse here, uh, we find that Jesus uses a metaphor and he describes us as what? Sheep. He's the shepherd and we're sheep. And we're going to learn four things about sheep this morning, and you're going to find it quite interesting as we start to look at it. But when we look in the Bible, we see that sheep are the most mentioned animals in the Bible. They're actually mentioned about 200 times uh, in the Word of God. Uh, dogs are mentioned around 44 times, uh, but cats aren't mentioned at all. I find that really, really interesting. You can't find cat mentioned anywhere in the Bible unless, of course, you talk about a lion who is also in the cat family, which I find interesting. And the Bible says that Satan roars around like, an eye, like a lion. So straight away I can see the direct connection between Satan and cats. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. If you love cats, uh, that's, that's, it's just fine. But you know, we're known in the Word of God as sheep. And please don't get upset about, uh, don't get offended at me this morning, but that's what the Bible says. We're known as sheep. And, you know, that's really, really unfortunate because sheep are some of the stupidest animals on the planet. Like, have you ever been to a circus and seen a trained sheep? I've never been to the circus and seen a trained sheep. You, you'll see trained uh, animals. You'll see trained donkeys. You'll see trained dogs. You can even go to a flea circus and see fleas have even been trained. But you never see a sheep. You might see a sheep in the circus and they're going to train them. They can't train them because they're too stupid. The only way they make a sheep play dead is to shoot it. And that trick only works one time. <laughs> Just say it's talking about me this morning. 
So I want to give you four little challenges of being a sheep. And the first challenge is this about being a sheep. Sheep get lost really, really easily. In fact, there's an Old Testament scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 that says this, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. It's incredibly common for sheep to walk away from the shepherd's fold and say, hmm, I think I'll go this way. I think there's something over there that might make me happy. Uh, I think that this might make me happy. I don't know what to do. I can't seem to make a good decision. It's because sheep without a shepherd get lost so, so easily. And how many sheep do you know today that are lost? They used to know the shepherd. They used to hear his voice. They're able to follow after him. But how many do you know today that are lost? Why? Because sheep find it so easily to get lost. Number one, the first thought or challenge about being a sheep. Who's the sheep? You and I. Second thing about this is sheep are defenseless. If I could just bring that picture up, thank you, gentlemen, that would be great. Sheep are defenseless. Now, that's our little dog called Cosmo. And um, I don't know if you can quite well see him. Um, he's probably about two and a half months old there. He'd been digging in the backyard and came up to the glass door wanting to get in. Sheep are defenceless, but even that little dog there has got teeth and claws and all sorts of stuff. But what I really find interesting to think about is that you can think about almost every animal has some form of defense. Even cats like can claw out your eyes <laughs> if you got too close. Many animals have fangs. Some will have some kind of horns that they can just go, you know, boom and horn you, just nail you. Some can kick you. Some can fly away. Some are really fast. Some blend into the environment. Sheep can't do anything. They're totally defenseless. All sheep can do when being attacked is go back off. That's all that they can do. They can't do anything else. That's all that they can do. And this is the point this morning about sheep being defenseless. On our own, without the body of Christ and without the armour of God, without the protection of the good shepherd, we are very, very vulnerable to the lies of the evil one. Without the body of Christ, without the armour of God, we are so, so vulnerable to the lies of the evil one. So that's the, the first thought is sheep get lost easily. The second thought is sheep are defenseless. The third thought is this, and this is not talking about anybody in this room. Third thought is this, sheep are very, very stubborn. Just look at the person next to you and say, I think he's talking about you this morning. <laughs> you know, you could probably say you're kind of like a sheep this morning. You're incredibly stubborn. Some of us, you know, we're not going to like it, but the truth is I'm talking about you and probably about me. We, we can be very, very stubborn. In fact, I've read about sheep. Whenever they walk between two rocks and they get lodged in, rather than just going beep, 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 back out, they don't do that. They are so stubborn, they keep walking forward and forward and forward until they get so lodged in the rocks, they're stuck. How stupid is that? But you know, so many people are on the wrong path in their walk with God and they continue to go down that direction. How stupid can we be at times? And you might be here this morning and you're heading down a path and rather than go beep, 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 
bit reverse out. You're continuing to walk through and sooner or later you're going to get lodged there like those poor little sheep. But sheep can be so stubborn. So, so stubborn. How many of us know somebody like that right now? Stubborn. Just continue to go down that path. God wants us to back up. Fourth thing about sheep and finally is this. Sheep are filthy. They're filthy animals. They really are. You might have seen, oh, well, Shane, I've seen beautiful white sheep on the TV. They've been put in a washing machine and washed. (laughs) With like, you know, like widening stuff to make them really white. Sheep are filthy animals. Every time we go out to Wellington, we'll see sheep all, all over the hills. And most time, if it's dry out there and the, the grass is dry, you can't see the sheep because they're so dirty. But you can see them after they've been shorn. But before that, they are just so, so dirty. You know, they're, they're, they're old. They don't have the ability to be able to clean themselves. And if I can say it very respectfully, that's the way that we are in the eyes of God on our own. People say it all the time, oh, I'm a good person. I'm a really good person. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't done anything wrong. Well, in the eyes of God, we're actually not that good. In the eyes of God, we are very, very dirty, filthy sinners, falling way short of God's standard of perfection. And the bottom line is this. Sheep need a shepherd and we need a saviour. We need Jesus and without him we are vulnerable to the lies of the evil one. That's why it's really, really good news when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So good that I would lay my life down for the sheep. Give him a hand clap this morning because he is our shepherd. He's the shepherd of our souls. And we might be sheep and we might be a little bit dirty and we might be a little bit stupid at times. But at the end of the day, he loves us and he wants to lead us. Amen. So we've discovered four things about sheep today. I want to finish with discovering four things about the shepherd. We're going to love this this morning. The first thing about the shepherd is this. Number one, what he does is that he guides us. Amen. First thing about that, everyone say, the good shepherd guides. Come on, say it aloud. The good shepherd guides us. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. And then he goes on in verse 3 to say, The Lord, he guides me along the right plans, paths for his name's sake. The Lord guides us. Aren't you encouraged by that this morning? How does he guide us? He guides us through his word. Amen. As we read his word, he speaks to us. He guides us through his word. He, speak, he guides us through uh, other people. People say things to us and we just know that it's God speaking to us. Then another way is that prophecy. God uh, brings a prophetic word. And another way is by hearing the voice of Jesus as well. And I'm not necessarily talking about the audible voice, but the still small voice of the Holy Spirit within us. Because he's our shepherd and he wants to guide us in life. Do you love that? He's our shepherd and he wants to guide us. In John chapter 10, verse 4, it says this, it brings it out. And he says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. To get to know his voice, we need to spend more time with him. Amen. To discern the voice of Jesus. We need to spend time with him so that we can discern what is his voice and what is just the voice of all the other voices that speak to us on such an often occasion. 
For the first quality about Jesus being our shepherd in life is that he wants to guide us. Amen. He's a good shepherd and he wants to guide us. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. The second thing about the good shepherd that we serve, number two, is that he provides for us. Aren't you glad about that this morning? Listen to it here. Our God is a good God who provides. In, in, in Psalm 23 again, it says this, David speaking, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Don't you just love that imagery there? Listen to the thought there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now listen. Most times when we go out to Wellington, New South Wales, I just keep referencing Wellington, New South Wales, because we've been there a few times and there's a lot of sheep on the way out there. But so often when we've gone out to, um, to, to visit our family in, uh, in, in Wellington, we'll see sheep, but not very often do you see sheep laying down. Not very often, but it says there, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall, he makes me, uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures thought how often you see a sheep lying down some of you might say i've never seen a sheep lie down or not very often well if you see a sheep laying down the only reason that you see that there's three things that have happened to to help them to come to a place where they feel safe enough to lie down and the first is this they have to be well fed or they won't lie down the second thing is this they have to be getting along with everyone else in the flock or they won't lie down and the third thing is they have to feel safe or they will not take a rest but in the presence of a good shepherd who leads them to green pastures, they are full because they've been in his presence and he breaks up the fights and helps them to get along. Second little thing in that Psalm 23 there, it says, He leads me beside still waters. Sheep won't drink out of running water. They won't go near it because they know that they're that stupid. If they fall in, they'll drown. But he says there, He leads me beside the still waters. Don't you love him this morning? I love it. And then the Bible says he refreshes my soul. He's such a good provider. He doesn't just provide for us material, materially. He doesn't just provide for our bodies, but he also provides for our souls as well. We serve such a great shepherd. He's such a great shepherd. The third thing is this. The third thing that the shepherd does is he also corrects. Say it with me, if you would. My shepherd corrects. No one likes being corrected. Well, excuse me, hands up if you like being corrected. Wow. One saint down the front. But no one likes being corrected. We don't. We, we really struggle. And, you know, it might not seem good news at the time, but it is truly good news because the shepherd loves us and the sheep enough to correct us when we're wandering into danger. In fact, listen to what it teaches in the book of Job, just about finished this morning, chapter 5. It says, Behold, happy is the man who God corrects. So next time you're being corrected, thanks, Lord. Come on, next time you're being, thank you, Jesus. This is just fantastic. That's the way you need to approach it. Oh, I'm having a party on the inside. Sorry. Therefore, happy is the man who God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he bruises up, but he binds his wounds. He wounds, but his hands make whole. That's how much God loves us. Our God cares enough to actually keep us out of trouble. 
Listen to what it says there. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. Don't despise when God's correcting you. Don't, don't allow the discipline of God to rob the blessing of God that God wants to bring your way. Amen? A beautiful picture, an article that I read about a, a, a sh- a shepherds, and not so much in, in our arena, but in more of the, 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 the high areas where a sheep could be prone to falling off cliffs and dying. And the beautiful picture of the love of a shepherd um, uh, when baby lambs are born and uh, they're not very, very big or very strong, um, they tend to wander off a lot. And the problem with that is if they wander off too far, they can fall over a cliff and die. And so the shepherd in his great love, I read this article, the shepherd in his great love would grab the little lamb and would get his staff and he would crack one of its legs. And we might think that's really, really cruel, and yet it is a little bit cruel. But what the shepherd would then do, I love this picture, the shepherd would put the little lamb over, over his head and the little lamb would sit there uh, around his neck. And all day long the shepherd would be out doing his job and whatever it may be, and all day long that little lamb would be getting used to the shepherd's voice. He'd be understanding how the, the shepherd speaks, what he's, not what he's saying, but he would get the tone of his voice. And as a result of that, when the little lamb was, was healed again and the, sh- the shepherd would put the little lamb down, no longer would he wander off. The Lord may want to bring correction into our lives. We should not despise it. But say, Lord, thank you that as my shepherd you love me enough to want to correct me and direct me. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says this. Now, no chastening. We're not talking about that sort of chastening. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Correction, it hurts, it can be painful, but later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness, of peace for those who have been trained by it. And our good shepherd loves and is so loving that he loves us enough to correct us. Amen. Third thought was that. Fourth thought, thought and we finished with this this morning. Number four, our good shepherd protects us as well. Amen. This is what the Bible says in Psalm uh, chapter 23, verses 3 to 6. David says it. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me for your rod and your staff they comfort me your rod and your staff they comfort me a shepherd in days gone by would have a rod and the rod was about about two foot long they say it's about the size of my average fish actually looking at it there now yeah I'm glad Martin's not here he put to shame um I wish that had been three feet long. That's probably more like it. But he'd have a rod about two foot long, and the, the reason for the rod was to protect the sheep when any foxes or any other predators would want to come and attack them. He'd, he'd go in and defend them. He'd protect them with his rod. That's what our great shepherd does for us. So his rod is there to protect, and his staff... Is there the staff was a longer um, um, tool that the shepherd had. At the end of the staff, there was a, a hook there, and the purpose for the hook was that if a, a sheep was uh, falling or getting near uh, danger and falling over a, a cliff, as we said before, he'd be able to get the staff out and and uh, and hook the sheep and bring it back to safety. The staff was always used, also used as well as a way of caressing the sheep as well. 
bringing comfort to them too. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you love that? Our Jesus, our shepherd, our great protector. Thank you, Lord. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Just as we conclude this morning, if I could just have the, the, uh, the, the keyboard player, please, just to come. Jesus told a parable. If we don't get anything out of this this morning, I want to encourage you with this thought. Walk away with understanding how much he is committed to your life. He so loves us. I am the good shepherd and I lay my life down for the sheep. Wow. Lay my life down for the sheep. This is how committed to us he is. It says, what do you think if a man, from Matthew chapter 18, excuse me, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Today, you could be one of the sheep that are out of the fold. He wants you to come back into the fold today. Today, you might be the one struggling in your fears, struggling with your anxieties, struggling with your doubts. I want to encourage you this morning. Remember, today, he's your good shepherd. Today, you could be the one that is struggling in sin, in great need of a saviour. Today, that's the God that we serve. Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world. He's our good shepherd and he loves us so much. Could we stand to our feet this morning as we conclude? Even so, it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Jesus, we just, as we stand here this morning, we want to say thank you to you. You declared about yourself in the book of John that you are the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Just if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. This morning, if you're here and you feel that you're out of the fold this morning, but you know in your heart you need to get back into the fold, in that place, I would love to pray with you this morning. If you're here today and you're really struggling with, 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 with uh, your, your sense of faith and understanding His plan and His purpose for your life today, if you're really doubting that then this morning, then I'd love to pray for you as well this morning to help each of us to understand that He is our Good Shepherd. There might be some areas of your life this morning that you're holding at bay and you know that the Good Shepherd's wanting to speak to you, but because of those actions, you know His voice is being drowned out this morning. I would love to pray for you this morning. So while heads are bowed this morning and eyes are closed, if you would love to come to the altar this morning, and just quickly, we won't 
take long, but I would love to pray for people this morning that might be identifying in any of those three areas this morning. Number one, you're out of the fold and you need to come back in. Amen. Number two, you're struggling with your faith. Number three, there could be an area in your life you know that God's speaking to you about. Just quickly, I won't prolong it too long, but we just would love to pray with you this morning. Come on, remember that first step's the hardest one, but it's the best one. Hallelujah.